Reporting back to the hideout and welcome to episode five. I don't know why you're still here. <laughs> I'm your rebel host, Tyler Soflo. And I should probably start shaving. Over here is your co-host, Tony Soflo, aka always gotta put a fucking lemon in his water boy. Damn right. And this is the place to come to for a new way to follow the movement. Here we will be talking about everything and anything in the parkour and free-running world, from content reactions to updates, interviews, reviews, advice, and more. But we do it our way, so keep tuning in to see what that means. Today's task, we will be talking about dieting and over-hyping slash idolizing iconic jumps. So, before we get into the serious stuff, which was clearly the over-hyping and idolizing iconic jumps, which is like a thing that I've realized over time in myself and others, we're going to just talk about something that's like kind of kind of important, kind of self-explanatory. Um for those of you who are wanting to be athletes, and that's dieting. So before we get into what you should do, we're going to talk about what you shouldn't do. And that's exactly what Tony and I do or useful <laughs> are used to. But that's eating like a bunch of fat fucks. Okay? Yep. And it's bad, but so fun. But also bad, but fun. In the moment, afterwards, not so much. <laughs> um, how about we just give the people a couple of examples of the crap that we've eaten? How about we just kind of recall back to episode two about the stuff that we ate in Manhattan in May of last year, 2019? Oh my God. What did we buy to eat in Koi's apartment? So when we were there, we decided that, okay, there's a few things we need to do to ensure that we are at the tip top best performance <laughs> level <laughs> yep. of being an athlete. And to us, that was buying Kraft mac and cheese uh i'm gonna put it up chicken teriyaki meatballs and then some like veggie uh some like veggie bites or some (laughs) veggie (laughs) my we we bought uh you see how this says five pack like a normal person yeah no we bought like a 30 pack from costco bulk order for the both of us Mm -hmm. we were like hey you know what's a good idea to eat for fuel while we're not in manhattan because koi's apartments in new jersey let's just have a fuck ton of macaroni and cheese Anybody that's a nutrition major or is just a well-educated athlete would tell you you're stupid. Yep. And we learned it the hard way by being, by gaining, we both gained weight that trip. Yep. We actually both gained weight. And that was just, this is just the start of it. This is what we ate at the apartment. This is not what we ate when we were in Manhattan, which Tony's going to start telling you what we ate in Manhattan now. So to start that off, we fucking ate. Are you going to pull it up for us? Well, which one are you going to start off with? I'm going to start off with... You know what? Black Tap. All right, let's go into Black Tap. The best fucking place in Manhattan that you can go eat. So if you live in Manhattan, you need to go to Black Tap. There is... They have these, like, exotic burgers with fries and delicious fucking milkshakes that look like this shit on the screen. 
And for those of you who are listening and you're not watching it, one of the milkshakes has a fucking piece of cake on it. Yeah. One of the milkshakes literally has, and I put this in episode two, has, I'm an, getting actual, just looking at this. It has, has <laughs> an actual piece of birthday cake sitting on top of the cup. There's other ones. I think Tony, this the, the trip that we're specifically talking about, Tony got a milkshake that literally had an ice cream taco, two churros sticking out of it, and cinnamon toast crunch cereal oh. on the whipped cream. And then the milkshake itself was the flavor was cinnamon toast crunch i believe dude mm-hmm. we had that with burgers and fries and the thing is is that it got to the point and this is where you know you have a problem it's we got to the point on that specific sit down of a meal that at the end of it we had to strategically find a way for our bodies to finish the plate mine was eating a couple fries a bite of burgers and then leaning back in my chair sticking my stomach out and then watching motocross in the TV behind Tony, <laughs> breathing, sticking my stomach out, thinking I'm making more room to digest faster, which doesn't make any fucking sense, and then sit down forward again and then continue the process of fries and burgers. Tony, what was your process to finish that plate? Mine was literally, I was going to eat the burger as quick as I can, and then I was going to take like two to three fries at a time and just stuff in my mouth and just focus on chewing and not dying. But there's two major things that played into a part as to why, yeah. besides just us being fat fucks and liking food so much, Two things played into the part that made us do that. One of them was the waiter who literally, we told him what our order was. We're like, yeah, we're going to get a burger, fries, and a milkshake. And he's like, good luck finishing it. And we were like, all right, fucking watch then. And the second thing was that the owner, her name is Kyle. She, at least I hope so. She loves us. Yes. (laughs) And she every time we the first time we went there she like loved everything we did we did flips after eating a shit ton and she gave us a discount and then we came back like another time so we were we went to manhattan the first time in october and then our second trip was in may of 2019 the first one being in 2018 and uh because we came back a second time this happened right and then she she was like hey oh you guys are back i love you here's free milkshakes and 30 percent off your entire fucking order dude each milkshake is $16. You see this right here? Tony had that one. I had this one. They're each $16 to $17, and she took both of them off for free, and then like $3.50-something cents off of both burger meals. So we had that and the waiter doubting us. The waiter was like, good luck. And I looked at him, and I was like, you have no idea what I'm capable of, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Just ready to consume all no of this. You have no idea. Do you have no idea what I can do? And so, yeah, we had all of that packing on top of us. And then we obviously had to down everything. And then that was my, uh, that was my strategy to finish everything towards the end. What was yours? Mine was literally just like, I would just grab two to three fries, put them on my mouth, eat them, and then keep doing that until all the fries were gone. Here's the thing though. This is what Tony looked like over his plate. <laughs> and then this was me. Dude, it was bad. And, and then we had to do flips after. And then as tradition, because of the first visit uh, to this restaurant, we did Siphon backflip in the street at night after consuming all of that. I don't know how it happened. All I know it was that it was pure joy of knowing that we got such a huge discount off of a very pricey meal in Manhattan, New York. Look, listen, you got to watch. Look, if you listen to the audio right now on Apple or Spotify or something like that, you need to tune into the website right now. Or, I mean, you need to tune into YouTube right now to see these milkshakes. Because if you're looking at this right now, 
some of you might have the reaction and these are the smart healthy athletes you guys are probably looking at this and going i'm getting sick just looking at it but if you're like us <laughs> and you look at it and your mouth waters and you go oh i gotta have it you're on the right path and by <laughs> right path i mean the wrong path <laughs> because we're gonna get into what you should do so yeah we had that and then we went to uh that was one day and this is aside from the macaroni and cheese in koi's apartment that was that then we did jacob's pickles tell them about jacob's pickles well i mean if you guys listen to episode two you pretty much kind of already know yeah. but jacob's pickles was another fucking story in itself we had like these, dog and I got it. we had these like chicken these like chicken biscuit sandwiches covered in gravy as our meal with like uh some like there was some side on i don't even remember what the side was but we had that, and then we had a fucking for dessert. We had a well. First, we also had the barbecue chicken. Oh my god, I forgot. Do you see how much we fucking cheese. eat? I yeah. can't even remember. We had barbecue mac and cheese as an appetizer, each. I'm pretty sure. Yep. And then we had the meal, which was a southern uh, chicken biscuit sandwich, and then for dessert we had a cookie skillet that had Oreos on it, uh, and- bread pudding, and ice cream. Yeah, and I can't find it. But it's it's called Jacob's Pickles. And we had that. That was a different day. And we're missing one more. We had an entire Costco pizza when we got there. Fuck. Dude, we really messed up that trip. We had an entire Costco pizza to ourselves when we first got to New Jersey for I mean, this consider, second trip. Consider yourself messing up. I thought I was fucking great. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's what, it, that's what it looked like right there. That's the chicken. That was oh, the pickles yeah. on top of it. And that's it right there. So fucking good. Oh, and this is the cookie skillet we had. Oh, my God. That's it right there. That's what we had. Except it was Oreo version. This is like Apple. I'm like actually shitting myself. Yeah, this is like, yeah. Dude, there was one other thing we did that I can't remember that we also ate. It was Jacob's Pickles. It was Black Tap Milkshakes. It was the macaroni and cheese that we ate there. The Costco pizza. There was the um, cookie dough. No, that was the first visit. Not the second one. Oh, was it? Yeah. Either way, I don't even need to give another example because you guys should already be thinking these guys are fat asses. And if you are, good for you because it's exactly accurate. We also weren't there for a uh, vacation. No, we weren't. So that's what I was going to get into. Our performance for that wasn't the best, obviously. Now, granted, did we perform more than what we should have due to what we ate? Yes. And that was just through sheer willpower. But eating is stupid important and especially if you're someone like myself who struggles up and down with weight gain or loss because of your genetics of how your body takes the different nutrition like carbs and fats especially sugars right how your body reacts to that it's very important because it also plays a key part into your training if i'm heavier i won't train as well flips feel so more like of a task when I'm heavier for obvious reasons, because my brain is like, yo, man, you are trying to flip around a lot of weight right now. And in order to feel lighter, to be lighter, to perform better, I should be eating correct. I shouldn't be eating milkshakes and burgers like this, especially when I'm in Manhattan trying to do a parkour job. Uh, We shouldn't be having macaroni and cheese all the time. Tony can get away with some of it a little bit more, but even he shouldn't have so much either. But the thing is that we order with our eyes. And so do not eat like you can like okay say for example we finished the parkour job in manhattan and then on the last day before we left oh let's take ourselves out and we could have the milkshakes and burger that okay, would have been fine. a smart thing but we had way too much do not eat like fat fucks like we do oh it, I, I remember it was ihop on top of everything that i just told you we also went to ihop at like 2 a.m and we ordered stacks of pancakes burger and fries and a milkshake <sighs> 
dude, saying all this does not make me feel that good about myself, honestly. That's kind yeah. of disappointing. So what I'm saying is do not do that. And if you find yourself eating unhealthily, maybe not to this extent, but if you find yourself eating unhealthily through your training, like maybe you're consuming some fast food, maybe you're having chocolate bars before training as if like the sugar would help or whatever. I'm telling you right now, don't do that because our diets have changed drastically. Like I told you in episode two, I was 220 pounds for that Nerf commercial that summer. Now I'm 194 and that's because of how I maintain myself and I'm still trying to get lower. 185 is the goal, baby. 185 is the goal, and your boy's going to be looking good, too. But right now, I'm at 194, and I got to keep going because it's a slow process. And what had to change more than anything? Not my workouts, my diet. I don't eat crap like that anymore, and I don't have big cheat days anymore either. I had the help of others, right? I've had people tell me, hey, man, you're gaining weight, this and that. If you don't have friends that tell you you're gaining weight, then they're not friends. <laughs> they got to tell you. They got to be like, hey, you're, you're mm-mm. And you got to be like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. And then you got to fix it. So now breakfast for me is oatmeal, eggs, a protein shake, uh, my meals that I cook. Cause I also, I eat out like Chipotle and stuff like that. That stuff's good. Um, I have like chicken wraps, but also the meals I have here would be a cup of white rice with tender pork loins or chicken, uh, mixed vegetables. Um, I've also had spinach before with turkey patties. My snacks are nuts, Greek yogurt and peanut butter. Um, I've had, uh, Brandon's fiance, Danielle, uh, give me a, protein brownie recipe mm-hmm. right not go buy brownies but make them yourself that was a big help from her um you can just make them yourself and all these things what have they done made my training and energy levels much better like what do you eat now primarily in order to help with your lifting gains and parkour uh i specifically in the morning i'll eat three eggs three scrambled eggs i'll have toast with avocado on it sometimes i'll i'll switch it out for like these like mini quiches that i got from costco because they're like high enough in calories for me where I try to consume like a thousand mm-hmm. in the morning. And then I may have a nature Valley bar or I'll just take spoonfuls of Greek yogurt because for, for like tablespoons of it is a hundred calories. And there's so many rich nutrients in it. Yeah. Top of that, I may have a protein shake depending on how like I'm feeling mm-hmm. later in the day. I'll, I'll cook up chicken. I have protein packets that I have now. Sometimes I'll eat a Chipotle too, because again, it's not, it's not the worst stuff. I don't do a completely, completely healthy, healthy, healthy diet. Right. I do a mixture of healthy and unhealthy with right. it. But unhealthy, don't take that word wrong, unhealthy as in like Chipotle. That to me is considered unhealthy in that sense. Not unhealthy as in like, I'm going to eat some Oreos right now. Wait, what? Did you just say Chipotle is unhealthy? Chipotle on like, the way I look at it on like, uh, healthy to me is like home cooked because I know exactly what I'm putting into well, it. Well, you mean cleaner. Cleaner. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, because Chipotle is... Chipotle, Chipotle is healthy. Yeah. Just in my mind, I categorize it as like healthy and unhealthy. Well, but it's, yes, cleaner. it's cleaner because you know what you're putting into it, and whatnot, exactly. which is great. And if you could do that, I definitely, definitely advise that. But if you're like on the move a lot and you might not have time to cook or whatever, which sometimes saying I don't have time can be an excuse. You can make time. But if you want, like if you want, you can substitute those like cooked meals with things that are primarily healthier choice when it's not from your home like chipotle for example it's also knowing when to eat it too. a chicken wrap from Publix, those stuff are good you know those those are just simple ingredients wrapped into a whole wheat wrap you know but for example you can you can uh substitute like your energy like for example if you're going to go out training you can just have a majority of your carbs midday or in the morning yeah and as opposed to having that later in the day when you're going to go to bed and you're not going to use the carbs right you know like point is is that i know this is already a given and i might be speaking out of line here but obviously athletes should watch their diet and for some reason this is part where i mean i might be speaking out of line is that i feel like not enough parkour and free running athletes watch that i know there's uh vegan parkour athletes i know there's <clears throat> athletes that are very much into the strength gains and they a are very much watching what they're eating but there's other athletes i've seen it okay i've gone to spain i've seen athletes who are 
they look like they're in great shape. I'm talking like pretty much ripped or close to it. And they're very powerful athletes, but their energy does not last that long. And then I'm like, why is the fact that they're such great athletes, but they don't last that long in the training day. And then I watch what they're eating. It's not, I mean, granted when I'm in Spain though, I specifically don't eat good because it is a vacation for me. And every time I hear vacation, I immediately throw my diet out the window, which is not the smartest thing ever. And once again, I have fixed that since then. But before in the past, I would buy like, or like fudge covered Oreos and all this crap and, um, eat that, but as vacation. But when I got back home to Florida, I would eat clean. These guys just ate that anyway, and then still train well, but they wouldn't last that long. And I feel like there's maybe too many parkour and fearing athletes out there that don't watch it enough, especially based off their body type. Like for example, if I have too much carbs and sugars for my body type, I will gain more fat than I need. If Tony doesn't eat enough carbs and sugars, he won't, he will get skinnier. He will get lankier. So you see how your body type can completely transform the way you're supposed to structure your diet and how that diet then structures your athletic performance. I think it's very important that athletes keep an open mind to making sure that their diet is a little bit more strict than what it might be now. And you want to know what's best for your body. You want to know what works for you. You want to know what gives you more energy. You want to know what gives you the goals you want, whether it's gaining muscle mass or losing fat, what mm -hmm. have you. If you have my struggles where losing fat is difficult and you always fluctuate up and down, I suggest looking into lowering your carbs and sugars, getting maybe a nutritionist or doing your own research. Um, if you if maybe find a parkour trainer that can help you with nutrition, um, things like that. Like for example, Brandon's fiance, Danielle is a nutrition major. What's the first thing I ask her? What do I need to eat? And how many calories do I need to consume a day in order to get to this fat loss goal or opposite question? Tony can say, Hey, Danielle, what, what do I need to eat? What, what like foods do I need to have meals? How many calories do I need to consume in the day in order to gain muscle mass? And she'll be like, Oh, blah, 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 nutrition stuff, nutrition stuff. And then you do what she says. She was straight up like, why are you consuming all these many calories? You should be consuming 2000 calories, maximum 2,100 calories. And I was like, huh? She was like, yeah, dude, the moment I started doing that, dropping weight. Hmm. I did that while we were filming for Miami Fruiting uh, a couple weeks ago. And I didn't gain any weight when I usually, when I'm home with my parents, I gain weight. Mm -hmm. So, and then obviously my performance definitely pays off as well because of how I'm lighter and I feel better and I have more energy because I'm eating the right foods. So athletes, listen up, man. If you're young right now, if you're 12, 13, as young as when we started, uh, even 16, 17, if you're just eating whatever the hell's in front of your face and then you go outside and you're questioning why you're not doing as good, don't question it. Change the way you eat. It helps a lot. Mm -hmm. If you're already doing that, which there are a lot of athletes in parkour that are already watching their diet, then you obviously didn't need to listen to that part. But yeah, we wanted to touch on first before we get into um, the next segments that dieting is important and don't eat how fucked up Tony and I ate in New York as an example. Cause there's been other scenarios where we didn't, we didn't eat healthy in other trips. It's just, that one is just the most major story that I can give in terms of like, Oh, Hey, that's too much. I had a uh, Josh Hill from Sarasota, Florida, watch me eat this donut burger thing. And he actually out loud said, if I ate that, I would die of diabetes immediately. Like there's some people out there that foods like that turn them off. Whereas for Tony and I, it's just like, where do I get this? <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you're like that, then you got to control it. Like us, we have to control it. Monkey, monkey just texted me. Shut up, monkey. What do you can want? You, can you turn off the? Yeah, yeah, turn off yeah. Your that's thing. my bad. 
Um, Sorry, guys. I'm pretty popular. So here we go. We're going to go into our next segment. It's called Content Highlight. I had Tony pick out three of his most wow-factored videos on Instagram that he wants to share two of which will probably be like successful parkour takes one of them might be a weird what what the hell is that type to be thing. honest i can't even remember what i picked i, I saw it and i was like uh, holy shit and i just saved the well link. here's the thing i told tony hey man can you pick three links and then we can put it on the show and we'll watch it but don't let me see them because i want to watch it for the first time on camera so that's what's about to happen right now i'm gonna hit the first link i think um, i remember what the first one is uh Oh, yeah, this one. Oh, it's our homeboy, Ben Reddington. Um, how about you give us a little bit of a backstory before I play this, Tony? What, Why you liked it? What makes you go wow? This this move is just so, like, you have to be so calculated. This isn't some move you kind of just go on the side of the ledge like he is and just decide to do it. But the thing that made it more impressive for me, on top of him doing it, was he stuck it. And if you can see this, you can see he's on a fucking rooftop, dude. He is probably like three, three, maybe four stories up. So that is very sketchy. And the distance is not small at all. And it is well executed. And he doesn't look like he's rushing it. He doesn't look like he's like, even his reaction doesn't seem like as if it was that big of a mental hurdle for him. Right. He seems pretty calm and collected in the moment. Okay. And that's what I really liked about it. On top of his tech being yeah. fucking gorgeous. Uh, you know, I've met him, right? No, I had no idea. Yeah, he was in Ninja Lounge with Andres. Oh, shit. And I met him. Ben Reddington. What's up, man? You're a beast, homie. You're a, you're a beast, and them tats are crazy. We're going to watch your video right now. What did you do? What the dick? Hey. Oh, hey. Hey, listen. <laughs> listen. If you are not good with heights, look how he's already started in a cat grab hang from that high up. That in itself already is like... From, oh, my hands, my are, hands, are, starting my hands are sweating right your now. My hands are sweating. What the hell? Oh, shit. Look at the stick. Me cago en costa. And that's a thin ledge, too. Dude, and he's just like, yeah, all right. I did it. <laughs> oh, it's a swipe post? Yeah, there's another angle. Oh, dick. Yeah, here we go. Ben, what is... Ben, all right, look. Here's my here's my thing. Did you look at this and be like, yeah, I can cat grab 180 pre that, and that's it, and you just got up there and did it? Or did you look at it for a long time and was like, eventually I'll do it? I'd if, like to know that too, actually. If it's the first thing where you just like, yeah, I'll probably do it, fuck you. If you... <laughs> And by that, I mean fantastic job because holy shit. And if it's the second one, then even better because I'm sure that that's a very satisfying But feeling. it's the fact that he stuck it too. That's the thing. Most people doing yeah. this. You would just want to hit it and, and just exactly. get off the wall. And the thing is like, even if you even if you did this and overshot it first, the fact that you went back to stick it yeah. is super fucking impressive. And this caption is a few mental challenges from a day well spent in Grimsby. I'm, I'm assuming that's a place... And like the caption, like honestly, for me, my caption would be like, this was so hard. I wanted, you know what I mean? And he's just like, yeah, a few mental challenges. <laughs> yeah, he's dope. There's another one. So, yeah, that was that. There's uh, another one. Oh, then he. Oh, uh, I didn't. I, to be honest, I didn't see this one. Yeah, that's fucked. You clearly don't give a shit. <laughs> that was awesome. Ben, clap, let's clap it up for Ben. My hands are moist. My hands are moist. And the other two... Uh, don't say anything. I got to pull I, them up. I just don't really remember them. I remember them when I see them. I literally just saw stuff, and I was like, oh, shit, and I put it in. All right. Once again, if you're listening to the audio on Apple, Spotify, or Google, tune into the YouTube so you can watch the videos with us. Oh. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, I have seen this one. Dom, listen, I heard your interview on the Modus podcast, and um, you sound like an awesome guy. Also, what the fuck goes on in your You're head? You're fucking crazy. I mean, I know you've heard that a lot. 
probably. But hey, man. What the fuck? <laughs> Look, okay. Here, I can't even talk, dude. There's, there, It's one thing to be like, let me Kong front a rail. Already in itself, it's like, okay, how do I make it to where it's not a front handspring? Because it's so easy to try to turn a Kong right. front on a rail into a front handspring. But Dom is really fucking good at it. And these. then there's like, okay, what if I can travel it and land on a, like, a platform? But then there's, oh, Priot. Dom's like... No, screw all that, mate. Or how the fuck Australian stock? <laughs> I got my Vegemite in my pocket. <laughs> I love, dude. That's Churdley's video. I love how Australian stock. I love it, dude. One time, Tony and I were in Manhattan. And we were sitting on the, <laughs> we were sitting on this wall in uh, Battery Park, and I was like, "How come it like Australians when like they end a word that has a letter O at it, they sound like they're pronouncing the R like nar." Nar. And as soon as I said that, two Australian guys randomly walked by me and Tony, and they literally were like, Nar, we doubt, mate. I lost my shit. But then later on, I was just like, but they kind of did it, didn't they? Nar. Gu guaranteed someone was like, Dom, I don't think you can do this. And he was like, no, I think I can, mate. <laughs> yeah, dude. Hey, if anybody's ever doubted, if anybody's ever doubted Dom in something he's already done, they must feel like a fucking idiot right dude, now. Dude, for real. All right, let's but play this. Let's watch what he does here. Look, already here, he's just like, I'm going to fucking do it. Dude, what the Dude, dick? What the calcul- the Oh, my bro. God. And I know I've seen I've seen the bail before, and he. this is how you know he doesn't give a shit. This is how you know Red Bull looked at him, and he was like, we want him. He, I think, suitcase, like, he missed it with his toes and then, like, hit his hips and, like, rolled off of it. And I don't know if he did that after or before the successful attempt. Either way... Either way, like literally the reason this is impressive is because this is this is very, very fucking calculated. Is this the bail? Oh no. And that's just without slow mo. That was without slow mo. Let's but, watch the slow mo again real quick. Look, right here he was like, I I know I hit my hip earlier, if he did it before. I know I hit my hip earlier, but like here's the thing. I'm a fucking team Ferrang and Red Bull athlete. Anything fucking goes. I don't care. God. The calculation. The calculation, because if anybody's ever done rail kongs, where you have to see the rail, open up your thumbs wide so you can catch it, and then kong as hard as you can if you're trying to go for a pre, already in itself, you know that that takes a lot of calculation. So, with that being said, not only are you not doing a kong, you're doing a kong front, mm -hmm. which can be easily turned into a front handspring, but then, as you're kong fronting, he is spotting the other rail... Telling his brain, hey, man, we're going to go there. Make sure you put your feet there. Then he releases and has to go blind for a moment, tuck it, and then spot it again on the side of his shoulder. Yep. And then do a regular rail. Like, already in a regular rail pre yet to be calculated. But he's doing it out of a rotation. There's literally three hard things happening. He's conging a rail. He's landing a precision on the rail. And he's doing a flip precision. Blind and a gap. What did he say at the end? Casual two? Hold on. Look at that. No, oh, it's fuck not. You, Dom. It's not fuck fucking you. casual, okay? That's, that's Listen, not. man, if you ever want to be on this podcast, you're more than welcome. <laughs> yeah, if you if you ever you, you ever give a shit enough, he's enough. probably yeah, he's probably gonna, if he even listens to this, be like, I I don't no, like I don't really want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that's crazy. Good pick, Tony. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, look, Kai, look, Kai parkour, fair fucking play, fair fucking play, mate. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. His first, his first hashtag is what the fuck. Yeah, exactly. Damn right, Dom. What the fuck? Yeah. Intensive awareness. Accurate as fuck. I didn't even read the caption before we explained the fact that it takes a lot of calculation. Yep. All right. Last and final link that Tony sent. I don't know what it is. Neither do I. Um, but let's go ahead and check it out. 
Oh, this one. This one's an this one's an older. Oh, one. this is Brody. Yeah. yeah. So Brody, if you ever get a chance or care enough to listen to this podcast, we know that you were uh, doing stuff with Bang as well as um, we are, and I would just like to know like how you felt about it, the content you were making, what they required you to do, mm-hmm. um, because it's, I just it, you, know. you want to know if we're getting screwed or not. You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> A no-go on this jump. Still so stoked to finally go for it and come out with no injury. As you can see, it's just a disgusting jump. Need to come back again and soon when the grass isn't wet and too proud. I like how his caption is because he is genuinely doesn't give a fuck. He is identifying the fact that this is a big jump and he knows it because some people, there's different ways of captioning. There's mm-hmm. there's the whole uh, chill thing, but it's not. Yeah. Like, it's definitely not. But you're like, ah, chill Dude. thing. Like, yeah, brushing it off, whatever. It's all good. Hey, man, no, give the jump its credit and also give yourself credit and try not to act like, you know, this is was this nothing for you. If it was if it was challenging, if it was difficult and you know it. Express it. Express it like Brody did, man. That's the shit right That's there. That's more real. Also, like, if you're someone who's trying to make it, to be honest, as like a parkour athlete, don't try and play the cool card because people like the real enough, the real stuff. Yeah, be authentic with if you if during that moment in that jump in your head if you're like man this is crazy big like there's a lot of factors going into this then that's the real you expressing and analyzing the jump and then if that's the case use that as your way of talking about it later after it's already been done or yep or attempted in Brody's case anyway. Let's see what he did God this is so fucked God these spots make oh my gosh, God damn Look at that. Dude, here in his head, he was like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, like, the thing with this jump, the thing that really got me was, one, the first stride. It's not a huge stride, but it is on a thin wall. But if you pay attention to it, he's going to the side. The, his landing wedge is not in front of him. Okay. On top of it being a huge fucking distance. Why is it that every spot in Queensland looks like it was designed by a fucking person that worked on B13 with David Bell? Dude, for Bell? real, what the fuck? What? <laughs> every th- dude, there's this one maze spot that I saw him train on. Like it just kept going. Like I'm pretty sure it just descended into a, a, like a hole. Like it just kept going. I'm- it's the most longest handicapped ramp wall structure I've ever seen. Australia is literally like probably the best place and worst place possible. Brisbane, Queensland. I want to go to Australia. I don't want to die, though. I, I know that every animal that ever exists on that fucking island will kill you, but I don't care. Like, these spots. Let's watch that again. That blonde kid had it right. Look at this. Look at where he's going. Look, first of all, stride, stride. You have to watch. You can't just blindly, not look 100% at blindly stride these walls. You have to look at every footing. So you can't even see the actual big jump you want until you've already looked at the takeoff. And check out his eyes Look, there. see, he's looking down here before he's going to look up to the jump he wants to do. So he had to look at this wall for his first stride. Then he had to look at... Now he's looking at this one. And then he looked up just then. And look at where he's going. Oh, there. He's going to the right. That is fat. Look, this kid right here just standing there like, how the fuck is this possible? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going home. Look, he's just there like, I don't don't get it. (laughs) And then lands... And then he's... Okay, first of all, the commitment to a bounce back is already like, whoa. Like, that's why I said earlier in his head, he was like, like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Because you know when you're just about to not make it. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's watch the second angle real quick. Dude, Look at that. Fuck. Bro, do you give you, you give it all the credit right now? Oh Damn. my god. And that's when he said, as you can see, it's just it's such a disgusting jump. He came out with no injury because like 
it's so it because it's big because it's to the side like yeah there's some things that could go wrong in case you don't calculate your steps and homeboy committed man so let's clap yeah. let's clap it up. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the thing that's the thing i love about it is the fact that like Brody has an insane mental game with the fact that he can he can commit to stuff like this and take a bounce back and pretty much not be phased by it. It's it's, it's just disgusting. It's dude. awesome. No, that was that was awesome. Um, thank you, you, Brody. Thank you for those, Tony, for putting in those three links. Um, those were great, and I can't wait to do that again because reacting to some content is awesome. Throw in a throw in a what the fuck there. Throw, throw in a cork boy in there or something. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just posted one you. today, and I saw it, and I was just like, what the fuck Let are you pull doing? Him. Pull him. Pull, I don't want to search it right now. Okay. Um, all right. So let's go into our main talking point, uh, which was overhyping slash idolizing iconic jumps. Now, this is something that I've seen happen uh, a couple times where there's these huge iconic jumps that have been around the parkour and free world for years and years, and you watch so many people do the jumps, you see them commit to the same jump, you see them do it over and over again, and then you kind of build it up in your head, and then you feel this pressure of like, now you have to do it because this is like this mecha jump that you have to commit to. Like, let's just take, for example, I don't know, like the Double Kong and Dive Kong of IMAX 2 in London, right? That's IMAX 2, right? The two walls? Yeah. Yeah. IMAX 1 is the mm -hmm. one. Or shit, any, literally any jump in IMAX 1 or 2 have been done so many times for so many years that you potentially could be, because there's two ways of looking at it, you could potentially be the first person, A, where you over-idolize in your head and be like, man, that's the jump that tells me that I'm good. That's the jump I got to build up to because everyone else has done it. And then you get there and you're fucked mentally because you've over, you've blown it out of proportion in your head. You've built it up to this massive thing. And then now it's like all or nothing when it shouldn't be that way. Cause then there's the other reaction, which is person B that goes, okay, yeah, that looks like a great jump. And then you get there and you act as if like you've never seen it before. You gotta check that. I got it. I'm on message core. So you can keep going. Okay. Um, I'll just cut that part out. So let me give an example about when you get to a jump that you've never seen before, or a spot rather. When you've Have you ever guys gone to a spot that you've never been to before and every jump is just brand new and you love it? And then as soon as you start training, you feel really great because it's just fresh. You don't have any preconceived... No, like what's what preconceived notions that you say like or ideas that you don't have any preset ideas of what a jump should be or what you have to do or pressuring yourself if you're somebody like that because other people in parkour train and they're like very mm. chill about it they don't pressure themselves at all but there's other people that do and if you do going to a new spot that doesn't happen because there's it's just new if you can treat an iconic jump whether it's in london australia spain america things that have been filmed over and over again for years things that have been iconicized if that's a word if you can treat it as if it's the first time that you've ever seen it mm -hmm. and been to it, mm -hmm. you'll be a lot more open and freeing with yourself for commitment and training at it rather than pressuring yourself into doing it because you've seen other people do it and you've seen it happen so many times over the years. Like, for example, I kind of feel that way towards um, IMAX 2 Kong Prix. I've seen so many people, Kong Prix, IMAX 2, that if I were to go to it right now, I would feel this slight pressure and need to be like, I guess I have to do this. And if I don't, I'm not that level. I suck. Because I've seen it unless, or I can go to it and be like, all right, I'm here now. This is a great opportunity. I'm in London because I'm from America. I'm a Florida kid. I'm in, I'm in London. That's the first thing that should happen in my head. Be like, oh my God, I'm here. Second of all, just look at the jumps and be like, wow, people did this. And then third of all, just treat it as if I've never seen anybody concrete before. Do it at my own pace and at my own vision. So there's different ways to react towards iconic jumps. If you overhype it and if you over idolize a jump, you potentially can screw yourself mentally when you finally arrive to it. 
I've done that in Spain multiple times and I can get that in a second after I get Tony. What's your take on overhyping or idolizing famous jumps, iconic jumps? It's it's really not worth it to be honest. Like why so? Well, because like just like what you said when you go to a, when you go to a famous jump that many of people have done, you've seen videos on it, there's been some dope shit that's been thrown down there. You you have this like motion in your head that like you said you need to do it and you need to be able to do this because I saw the other athletes do it there I look up to them I want to do this I'm not bad I can do this you know and it it plays it's not, it's not gonna be like good for your training in general because when you go and train like you're you're going out to test your limits you're going out to either have fun test your limits or try different things and whatnot or maybe make a video or whatnot. When you go out and you're just like, oh, there's this one thing I really, really like, and you're thinking about it the night before, and I want to do this and whatnot. You're setting an expectation for yourself that you need to do this. Mm -hmm. And when you go there and you have that huge expectation on you that you need to do this job and you don't do it, like your motivation, everything, your confidence shelf just goes right down the drain. And that's not a healthy way to do it. You literally, like you said, need to go to a spot and be like, stuff's here cool i want to do it yeah you know? it's the first time ever yeah right and, like and don't don't try and overhype in your head and when you're getting there like literally just kind of like like think about other things don't don't think about what's been thrown down there you can look at it yeah but like think about like what you kind of like what your style is and how you want to have fun at that spot but don't set any expectations for yourself because that's literally the number one way to kind of put your motivation and like yep. confidence in yourself just down the drain yeah and these are obviously this type of advice applies to the people who tend to do that because i've met other athletes that are not that pressuring on themselves mm -hmm. they're way more easygoing they're way chiller about things they're just like yeah i'll commit and if those types of people man there's so many times i wish i had that mentality right there's so many times i wish i didn't overthink things so many times but for those of you that do overthink things or find pressuring uh find that you pressure yourself into things what tony just said is great because it is so true uh from experience uh i go to spain i'm half spaniard so I go to Coruña, uh, where GUP, Galician Urban Project is. I go there once a year. And years ago, when I started going there for parkour reasons, not for family reasons, I started going there when I got into parkour. Uh, I watched a lot of GUP videos, and I overhyped and over-idolized the Kong Prix that they did there. And when I finally reached them and saw them, I immediately was down about it and I couldn't commit to anything and I was scared way more than what I should have been for it. I overhyped it and therefore set a high expectation and made the jump a thousand times worse than what it was supposed to be. And so when I actually committed to the jumps years later, I was like, why the hell did I set this bar so high for no freaking reason? It's just a Kong Prix. At the end of the day, it's just a jump. But just mm -hmm. because these high professionals have been performing on it for years on videos, in my head, I was just like, oh, this is it. Mm -hmm. Gotta do it, gotta do it. This the, you know, and that's not how it goes. Like, that's my main concern right now for myself for manpower. Because I've been told what manpower is like, but because it's been done for so many years, first done by David Bell and then following others and then having been front flipped a couple times. If, say, like, I do reach a day hopefully where I get to manpower and I'm looking at the gap and I'm sitting on the corner. I hope that I can be able to go, okay, this is just a high drop and this is it right here. Instead mm -hmm. of like store did it. This guy did it. Foskey front flipped it, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I got to do it now. And then just make it way worse for myself. Do not do that. And I, I def, I'm saying that out loud for myself as well as for anybody that's listening or watching. Don't do that with jumps that are in your hometown. Don't do that with jumps that are within your country and so on and so forth. Um, so that's kind of our advice 
on or take as well as take on overhyping a jump and how you should handle it. Don't don't play those videos that you saw in your head over and over again as you're getting there or when you're there. Treat it as if you've never seen it before. Treat it as if it's just a regular old spot and see what your mind and body are capable of doing. Mm-hmm. So with that segment being done, we're going to finish off this podcast before the outro with another headquarter update. Oh, fuck. Let's talk about how the gardeners of our uh, our neighborhood moved Julian's plant. <laughs> okay, so Julian um, is an environmental science major. And he has a lot of plants in our back patio that he plants for himself and whatnot. And there's quite a bit of pots there. And he leaves them on the grass, though. He doesn't put it on the concrete block of the patio. He leaves them on the outside. And every time the gardeners come and uh, the the lawn maintenance service, as soon as they come in and mow uh, the yard and weed eat and stuff, they, <laughs> they move Julian's pots from the grass onto the patio. But they don't do it, like, enough. So a lot of times when they're done, I see them tipped over into the grass and all of his plants that he plants are just like dirt spilled like the plants are in the ground like they're just falling over and i'm like man what do i gotta pick these up like i can't julian pick these up these yeah, guys these plants so yeah recently that's what's been happening i've noticed that the gardeners are like moving julian's plants and they've been falling over um and then lastly uh what have we put in the in the back patio recently tony we put a TV. We put a TV. Why you say? Well, we own an air track, and so with the air track, we obviously train our flips and whatnot. We even have our logo on it because we're cool that way. And I was thinking, okay, what's a cool way to like actually train as an athlete? What can we do? Oh, I know. Let's have a TV in the back patio and like just play looped slow motion videos of the flip I want, so I can break it down frame by frame and then commit to the flip itself and train in my backyard. I thought that was a really cool idea to like watch a flip. Okay. Like say I'm working on, I don't know, like back full or something, right? Mm-hmm. I can watch a slow motion video of someone doing a back full, play it frame by frame on the monitor, turn around and then train it. Um, and a lot of people's concern was that they'd get stolen. Here's the thing. First of all, the way the TV exists now is because of what Tony? So short. We, the way we got the TV is pretty much Paul, a.k.a. our number one fan. He is he loves us. Loves us. He you loves can, us. You can DM him and he'll tell you everything he loves about us. Yeah. And I know right now he's dying. Right, right now he's listening to this and he is just the fact that he's even mentioned on this podcast is such an honor for him. I bet, I bet he's feeling butterfly. <laughs> I bet he's feeling so good about it. But pretty much we got that TV because Paul was like, hey, can you dog sit for me while me and my girlfriend go out and have a date night and we were like fuck yeah we love dogs let's do it you know (laughs) um his dog toffee 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 came over and julian's laptop was i think like sitting on like a chair or something it was right it was near the guitars and pretty much like it was connected to a cable because it needed like a cable to stay on and pretty much within five minutes scratch that within two minutes of toffee being here (laughs) (laughs) you can get it out It hit his computer and just fell onto the floor. (laughs) And we all were just like, oh, shit. (laughs) And Paul was still here, I think. And, like, we picked it up, and it was just – his screen was just fucked. Shattered, dude. not able – you can't see anything on it. And Paul's way of, like, making up for that was giving us an old TV that he did not want anymore. Yeah. As being like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And we went and picked it up, and then my first thing was, let's turn it into a training tool bought a tv stand and then we screwed it into the tv stand so no one can steal it and guess what no one's stolen it yet yet 
yet. I cover it with a bang towel, so maybe that's what draws them away. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's all for today's task, Rebels. To know when the next one is, check your at Rebel updates on Instagram. Spread the word of the hideout to others who you think can join this movement by sharing this any way you can. Show your host some love by liking, commenting, and rating this. And to show some extra love, <sighs> write a review. The show notes are in the description if you're watching on YouTube. If you guys get lost along the way, don't hesitate to email us with questions or nudes at thehideout at soulflowmvmnt.com. Check out soulflowmvmnt.com for merch and more. Plus, follow our other profiles here to stay up to date on whatever the fuck we're doing. We're Rebels of the Cause, signing off. Transmission complete. That is all today, Rebels. Report back to the hideout next week for your new task. Over and out.